Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Remember VR Troopers? You ever yeah. watch that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not good. No. Mm-mm. Freaking Beetleborgs was better than the VR Troopers. Oh, yeah. Beetleborgs was pretty good, actually. Yeah. Does anybody remember Compu Warriors? Beetleborgs. No. It was this small home video that I had, and I watched it literally every day for about four months. And uh, it was about, like, just random, like, toys that were actually hid, like, they were basically Transformers. Um and they fought in this, but they were toy size, and they fought in this kid's like house when they weren't home, when the family wasn't home. Uh, it was that's probably not actually what happened, but it's what I what remember. What is it called? Compu, Compu Warriors? Was it like a Comp USA like promo DVD? No. VHS? No, unfortunately, Laserdisc. No. Maybe a Laserdisc. Okay, yeah. sounds kind of like like any in the cupboard, little toys running around. It's basically that, just with technology yeah. instead of magic. Cool. Which are basically the same thing. <laughs> Especially if you're Thor. Yep. Welcome to the Midwest. <laughs> Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Gojo. I'm Willie. Today we're gonna talk about some listener feedback. We've got one new story to talk about, and then we're going to delve into season two of Marvel's Netflix's Marvel's Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can write to us. Let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. We're also at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And search for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on your favorite website. And maybe there's a thing about us on there. It might not have actually been called Compu Warriors now that I think about it. <laughs> and well. It was a long time ago. I, I'll do some research. I'll do some research. Isn't CompuWare a brand? CompuWare yes. is the thing. Yeah, there's a CompuWare building in Detroit. Oh, yeah. 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 So maybe, we'll dig to the bottom of this. Um, frame Friday this this week was a frame from Blade Runner. And uh, the lucky winner is, uh, well, first of all, I'll go in the order of the responses that I received because I thought it was pretty enjoyable. But uh, I posted the frame and then immediately a uh, friend of the show, Rick, said Indiana Jones 5. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> Other friend of the show, Eric, wrote, Blade Runner, Ridley Scott, wait, I mean, I want to change my answer to Indiana Jones 5. (laughs) And then Gordon wrote and said, I should watch Instagram more closely on Fridays. But the real winner to it all, partially, is David Steele, because he got uh, Blade Runner first. However, I think he called, uh, he he misspelled Ridley Scott, so I'm going to dock half a point there. Steele. I don't even know what that means. means, uh, I'm going to pull up what he actually said. I think, yeah, he, it, it, Riley Scott, so he missed the D. Ridley Scoot. <laughs> Riley Scoot. Anyway, check out uh, our Instagram and Facebook for Frame Friday, and maybe Trivia Tuesday if I remember to do it tomorrow. Ooh. But uh, with all that said and done, we also got some feedback from David Steele, and if you were to write in, so feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. I might read your email, and it might sound something like this. 
Hey guys, Dave Steele here. I just ordered cheap VR, a cheap VR headset for my smartphone. I tried them out a while ago and was surprised at the quality for such low cost. I'm thinking about getting a PSVR when they come out. I'm really interested in the movie watching experience on the headsets because it can feel like watching on a theater screen. What are your thoughts on VR and the way it relates to film? Do you have any experience with it? I'm not. I'm not usually an early adapter. Do you think that VR might not might end up not taking off like 3D? Thanks, guys. Keep up the the good work. <sighs> That'd be easier if I don't stutter all the time. Yeah, you um, should work on that. Yeah, yeah. Hooked on Strato. Um, so maybe Second I can win an song. Oscar. I don't know. Um, <laughs> VR as it relates to movies. What do you guys think? I mean, Nick, you might have some kind of opinion on this. <laughs> what? <laughs> I liked the way I phrased that, so I laughed at it. <laughs> you guys didn't give it enough credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do have some kind of opinion. Um, I have some experience with shooting some VR stuff, and it's really cool, and it's really difficult, and it's really new, and nobody has quite figured out how to implement it into some sort of long form. You may see on your feed of your favorite website that a lot of companies are using 360 videos as viral marketing now. There was a Deadpool one. There is a Daredevil one that I just saw this morning mm. where they're putting together these little like 60-second things that you can watch on your phone and move your phone around to change the perspective. Um, a lot of people are saying that this is the future of maybe not film, but it's the future of storytelling. It's the next new uh, means to tell a story. And I, I can't say that I disagree. I think it's, it's kind of like... Uh, you know, it puts you in the driver's seat. It lets you choose what you want to see. And the traditional roles of filmmaking will still be in place, but I think having that level of interactivity is something that everybody is going to want to try. And it feels... Uh, the point David raised about 3D is really interesting. I don't think this will be as fatty as 3D. I think people get a little exhausted of 3D because it it's not... It's not something that's really reinventing the experience. It's just kind of an added layer. Yeah. So uh, this this is something new. It's so unprecedented. you talked about the challenges of it. <clears throat> the challenge is the idea that you're crafting the entire experience around the camera, right? Yeah. So you got to like hide your video village and yep, you got to hide everything. Yeah. I mean, and you can't everything. Lights, uh, sound, everything. You're relying on either very, very, very clever set design and art direction, or you're just it's just a camera out there and you're relying on that, or a lot of ADR. Like I watched a... Uh, the thing is, if you search like 360 video on YouTube, you'll find like of, of the, you know, we'll say 100% of 360 content out there, like 2% of it is, is good. And yeah. the rest is just shit. <laughs> and it's really bad. But it's really interesting. And there's a... Uh, there was a horror short somebody made, and it's all like really bad ADR and like fully because uh, <laughs> most of these are all shot with GoPros, and so you've got either the onboard sound, sound yeah. and so. But it's really interesting because it's from the perspective of a kid laying in bed, and so you are the kid in bed, and you can actually, you know, if you turn the camera behind you, air quotes, you're looking at the wall, and, and if you look straight down, you're looking at like kind of the pillow. Um, and and basically, like, the mom comes in the room, and there's, like, thunder going on, and she leaves, and then, like, the door opens, and it's, like, kind of a paranormal activity vibe. 
but then it takes a, a slight detour and it was entertaining and it was actually kind of creepy i was like this is so poorly made <laughs> the production design everything about it was bad like it was just a guy who came up with a little spooky idea and decided to shoot it but because it was so immersive i was kind of being like ooh, ooh. <laughs> i feel the <laughs> hairs on the back of my neck standing up a little bit and and because you can there's no there's no cutting you know that, that the the art and the science of editing is long proven to be one of the biggest factors in suspense. <clears throat> and there isn't that with this. Yeah. You're just, you have to look at it. You have to be looking somewhere, especially if you're holding the phone. Like you can't like look away or like cover your eyes. Like it, there it is. You're, yeah. you're there. So I think it really has a really, really strong future in horror. Like horror is the clear or like, Maybe some sort of comedy, but I, I I don't think we'll see like dramas anytime soon in in VR. But I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I I just had the thought. I was like, the one movie that I feel like I would want to experience in VR in terms of existing movies would probably be Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. Like if I could go back and watch a version of Cloverfield that was completely in VR, that would be. I think I feel like that's the kind of effect that people making found footage movies would want to have. Uh-huh. So, well, yeah, and if you can, there's there's the thing that's brilliant about VR, and that I think a lot of people are counting on is the rewatchability factor. Yeah, because you have a different experience every time, mm-hmm. and and uh, you can look at you know so packing like the for example the Daredevil one, and I didn't get to watch it in real VR because it wasn't working on my phone for some reason. It was so it was just a flat panorama, and I was watching it move, but the actual camera was moving through the space which is really cool and it was in uh melvin's workshop it was just like going through his workshop and so you saw these costumes and shit going by and i think uh there's a little teaser in there for whatever's coming next it's kind of neat but I, again i didn't get to watch it properly so i don't know for sure but it was it was neat there was a deadpool one um i think deadpool was the first one that i saw that was like a big studio tie-in well and i i, I um for christmas i received a Viewmaster, which if you guys remember is the little thing where you put the slide in there and it has like a wheel and you press oh, the yeah. button and it changes so you can look at these things through the the lenses towards the light but they have a version for that you can use with a smartphone and it will make like a 3d vr experience and um one of the apps that you can download because uh, it's basically just a viewer and you can download any of the apps that'll do VR capability stuff. You can download an app that's, I think it's called Verse, VRSE or something like that. And they have like, apparently they had a VR rig recording at SNL 40 and you can watch yeah. from the audience of that and mm-hmm. see like people stand up as they interact with Jerry Seinfeld during his like skit that he did on stage. And then they had, like, Muse did a 3D music video in it. And there's a bunch of different, like, news pieces that were also done, too. So there's all kinds of different content There was up. one, actually, at a, at a, I don't know if it was a Trump rally or what. It was a couple months ago, but I saw the panorama of it. And they said there was a 360 video there. I think it's really cool for events. I think that's the first, yeah. that's the first logic. If you could pay for a front row seat at, mm-hmm. like, a basketball game or something, yeah, that'd be sweet. Go, Joe, Willie, any um, I mean, I think there's definitely a lot of potential there. I just think it's it's a little... All the, all the, the heavy labor involved with it and all the, the shortcomings uh, added into the fact that... I, I mean, how long can you watch something like that? I mean, yeah. I, that's, that's the thing for me. It's like, it, it, it's gonna, never going to really... I don't see it getting past novelty stage um, because... 
yeah, I mean, you can't do, well, maybe you can do a two hour feature with that, but are you going to watch two hours of it? Or is it going to be like 20 minutes in? You're like, I'm tired of moving the camera around. I'm going to set it down and just watch. Yeah. Um, that's film is just, it's kind of, uh, not a for the viewer anyway it's a stationary experience uh asking them to put in more effort physical effort while they're watching is like uh, i don't i don't think it's going to pan yeah, out kind of full immersion yeah. thing I, yeah. I mean as as neat as the idea is as much promise as it has i just don't see it I don't see it happening willie i don't understand it at all <laughs> <laughs> i don't get it i don't know what you're supposed i don't do you wear goggles is that as this word yeah yeah yeah, so I, what David, I don't like—I literally have no idea what we're talking what about. David, I'll be honest. I've heard you guys talk about VR a bunch, and I'm like, okay, yeah. What David was speaking to is that he's got there's uh, Samsung sells like a the Gear VR headset for their phone, where you take your phone and put it in there, and you can watch 3D content. And it straps it. to your head. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then also with the PlayStation VR, supposedly you're going to be able to play Blu-rays on it, and it will basically project it on a movie screen in front of you. And through your eye, well, like you're you're looking at the goggles, like it's a, you're looking at a screen inside goggles, okay. and that screen will be as if you are watching like a ninety inch inch projector screen from five feet away or something like that, or four feet away. And so, I mean, what's I'm gonna wait until one of you guys buys. This, I'm gonna buy one, and then so I'll try you, it, you and I'll I'll either it. go eh, or I'll go. And here's the thing: what I mean, what what effect is that going to have on your eyes? I mean, having a screen that's right here. I was like, you just going to say that for two hours. <laughs> I saw it really as somebody who's 26 years old and has sat with the screen in front of his face for 26 years. No, well, like know. a foot and a half. Yeah. I mean, now it's just like no. I don't know. I mean, I think it's. I, I think they have the disclaimer on there that's like people older than 12 only because your eyes are still developing up until that age, but. I no. saw a really uh, awesome meme that I'm going to try to find on my phone, but the top half said like 20 years ago, and it's like a little kid sitting like, you know, right in front of the TV, yeah. like right in front of the TV. And then quotes, it said, you're sitting too close, you'll ruin your eyes. And then it said today, and it, it was this fucking picture of this guy who had a VR headset on and he was like, oh, with his mouth open, <laughs> yeah. like he was experiencing <laughs> this insane reality. And it was just, it was absolutely hilarious. I was like, man, I didn't even think about that. I'm, so when you move your head, okay, yeah. hold on. When you move your head around, it moves the camera, the camera, air quotes around. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, I'm it, watching Sicario. Yeah, so and it, I'm, would, it would be like you're sitting in a movie theater, essentially. Imagine if you were sitting in a movie theater and it was all, like, the lights were so good that it was all darkness around you. But okay, well this so is you this is the one where it's just things, flat then. projecting it. But they're also doing like and, imagine the headset with like a 360 where you look around. See, that's my thing is that so there's an also a thing of the like a version of this where you can like like sit in the Jeep in Jurassic Park and turn towards Samuel yes. and be like, hey, what's up? Yes. You know, like, so that's there's two different things there. The the PlayStation uh, thing, and I'm sure some of the apps on the phones, and and I think Oculus has a version of it too. You can play a video file, and what is this? And uh, and, and move, look around. That's weird. I don't like that. <laughs> keep, keep looking. Keep looking. Go all, go all the way around. No, like rotate your body. So it's you know th this is <laughs> millions of listeners at home. Willie is testing out a 360 camera here for the first time. Why is that happening? <laughs> oh, I don't like. There's a bro in there. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I, this, shot, I shot that two weeks ago. No, I mean, I, it's, it's very, it's I mean, nice, nice job, but, but it's freaking oh. me out. No, it's cool. It's interesting. <laughs> it is freaking me out a little bit, though. Like, no, uh, it, it's it's interesting because yeah. the, the cool thing is, is in while compiling it, you can, as the as the editor, so to speak, you can choose where the center, again, air quotes, the center of the sure. frame is. So obviously, when you sit down in a chair and you pull up your headset, you're going to have a, a rough idea of what central is. And you'll probably find your way back there when you want to. And you can control how the camera moves and what is center. So you can still guide the viewer as to what you want to see. Because that's all modern movies are. I mean, we're, yeah. using, we're using cinematography to teach your eye where to look. The problem with that kind of thing, though, <laughs> is that if you are causing the motion and the, the, the human themselves is not causing the motion, then you can cause nausea. Like, that's when, that's when the disconnect between motion and the human, uh, like, the human's... Um, yeah, you can't. You skills. couldn't do like a like a drastic like whip pan like yeah. you can now with a with a film. But if you can do it subtly in a way that's that's yeah, interesting. That, that that would be yeah. I, I would I would wonder how that would go. There are probably some people that would like puke immediately. And Just be like the damage indicator totally in video games where there's like an arrow. This is coming. You would look this way. Yeah, yeah. That's the cool thing is like it's it, it is the frontier is it, that's it. It's just wild west right yeah. now. Anybody can do anything with it. So it'll hmm. be curious to see who does what with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested in it. I don't know how much of an application it has, particularly for movies. I don't know if we're ever going to go to like movie theaters that are like VR movie theater, and it's a bunch of people sitting in chairs. No, it's strictly. I think you'll. Uh, it you'll would get be it. like a. It's like a homestead yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing, you know. It's like a yeah. For me, it's it's that's a low like short time frame, just quick little vignette thing. Yeah. I think it'll be big for like viral marketing. We'll see that yeah. for sure. Short films or like little. Teasers, even like like a three sixty trailer might, yeah, and like events like like TED talks that kind of thing. Concert, maybe TED talks might be a little boring, but you know that kind of thing. Like people want to be able to. to yeah, I think there was there interact. was one thing that was filmed. There was like a Cirque du Soleil that was filmed with a uh, like a rig in the middle of the stage, and they were doing their show. That's, around. that's neat. That that I can get behind. Yeah. I don't know about yeah. the sitting and watching a movie with it. I'll be honest. That's a yeah, little I, don't me. I don't but know. But the idea of doing a live show is kind of cool. I, that I can get behind. If you want to hear more about the sitting with the thing on your face for hours at a time, come back in October when John Morrell has a PlayStation VR because he's excited to never see the outside world again. <laughs> <laughs> but is he the one? Uh, I recall from listening to the Game Nerds, one of the two Morel boys thinks that that is the future of gaming. The other one staunchly says no. I think it's the future. John doesn't think that VR is the future of gaming, but he's still excited to never okay, see that's another what human I ever again. Yeah. I just wanted to be sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. That's so a discussion can, for another podcast. More on VR later. Yeah, yeah. But. VR right. Troopers, not on Netflix, I don't think. <laughs> Pretty sure Compu Warriors isn't Dino. <laughs> yeah, I sure. never checked though. Neither, checked. for the record, is Dino Riders. I'll be back next week with an update if it is. <laughs> Keeping my eyes out for that and Pirates of Dark Water. Good. Um, In VR. I wanted yes. to take a minute to talk about this this screening room thing, uh, but I think it might be better if we prepare for it a little more by reading up on it for like next week or something like that. But basically, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> all right we have the actor with us if anyone can oh, improv shit. what <laughs> i just i, I just I google search for compuware i cannot multitask right now <laughs> <laughs> so sean parker of napster fame is is making a thing called uh the screening room sean parker as portrayed by justin timberlake in the social network, the social network. i'm in um 
He's making something called the screening room, which basically sounds like it will come down to you will buy a set-top box for $150. And what this box will allow you to do is pay $50 to see movies that are coming out in theaters on your home screen. So f- what are the parameters? $50. So you you're paying one hundred and fifty dollars. I want to watch Black Panther, and I'm gonna pay fifty bucks for it. You, How well, does it work? No, no, no. So you go to the store and you pick up, or you go to Amazon and buy your screening room box. Okay, I got the box. It's one hundred and fifty dollars. Box. You got it sitting on your TV. Well, yeah. Probably gives you nothing. Then Black Panther comes out. Yeah. You're like, all right, I want to watch this movie. I'm gonna pay fifty dollars. Then you have forty eight hours to watch your rental of Black Panther on my TV. On mm-hmm. your TV. Okay. The idea being that if you have that, or if you're going to pay that $50, as Gojo said earlier, you could share it with a group of friends. So $50 split four ways, we're paying to go see a movie. The added bonus is mm. you don't have to screw with any people at the theater. Mm. I know Nick's already staunchly like not a big fan of this idea, as we know. We've had this conversation a little bit before in terms of like liking to go to the theater and and then you know there's ups and downs to both sides however the 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 big thing about this is that like jj J. abrams and steven spielberg came out and were like this is a great idea and then um christopher nolan and uh jimmy cameron james cameron came out and were like no this is terrible wow and- those are strange bedfellows <laughs> <laughs> no, they are and they aren't you know, in terms of like, if I if I look at it, I would say that J.J. Abrams and Steven Spielberg are very much the same person. Yeah, no, I'm talking about Nolan and no, but they're no, both kind of grumpy. Nolan, Nolan and Cameron, I feel like are the are the like spectacle half of that world, whereas Spielberg and Abrams are like the storytelling. They're like, if people are watching our stories, that's I, cool. I, I would have thought James Cameron would have been more. Well, no, I guess not. I mean, they're just they are on opposite sides of the coin. I think it's really interesting that both of them are on the same because you've got the guy who is continually trying to reinvent films digitally and CGI, and then you've got the other guy who says no, film forever. Yeah, but I think they're practical both, effects. They're both writing their <laughs> theses for the audience watching the. <laughs> I did not say feces. <laughs> oh. This isn't game nerds. Um, <laughs> Owners, but they're 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 making their movies for that big screen. And arguably, you could say all yeah, the filmmakers the are. are too. But I would say, to a lesser extent, like I think Spielberg and Abrams are happy if you're watching their movie. I think Nolan is the guy who's like, I want watch it the, the temperature right way, of that bulb in that in that <laughs> uh, projector to be twenty seven point six degrees centigrade because you know he says centigrade. <laughs> it's, you know, like. That's the kind of that's the dichotomy that I'm seeing there. But anyway, I don't know. <laughs> okay, real quick, coming yeah. from the person who has who has outright said that they would be much happier watching all my movies at the house, mm-hmm. I'll never do this in a million years. I'm Why not? Happy. Why not? That's interesting. Because I won't have people that want to sit at the house with me and watch this. Like no one's going to want to do that. I right, well, so the the price is it's weird because it's it's. Looks like it's geared towards groups of people. Yeah. But yeah, it's like you said, who, I mean, if you're staying in, I mean, are you staying just going to invite, like, what happens more frequently? Well, people leaving about, the house or inviting people over? What about the, the 
seven it's, the seven person family with the two parents and the five kids. That's what I that, think. Yeah. You it's know, made for families. They've got a baby or something like that. That's all. That makes sense. But they still want to go yeah. see Zootopia. That makes sense. And it's way cheaper to pay that fifty dollars than it is to buy all those fucking kids tickets and all the popcorn. Yeah. I, I gotta soda. get the popcorn and, and parking. The, yeah, and it's, I, I think it's. I think anything that gives people more options is is great. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's interesting that every time something comes out, it uh, something technologically comes out, it's limiting our interactions with other people <laughs> because that's what society is now. How do we not deal with society? Um, how can we stay inside more often? Yeah. Inevitably, they're just going to make houses without doors on them. Um, you're just going to drop in a hole at the top, and then we're good. Um, <laughs> Never come out again. Yeah. But <laughs> bye, guys. See ya. I th- I think it's it's strange that John's first you live in a bank house. a yeah. giant coin yes. bank is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah when you die they just they uncork the they uncork it at the bottom and then the bodies just come out and then resell it um, I, I I think the independent box for this is kind of the strangest part to me um, it's kind of like the it's like, like the, why do you need the proprietary hardware for the I mean this could I could easily see this just being uh, something on an app store and or see, on demand. I think the proprietary hardware is probably what keeps you from being able to rip the the movies okay. that you buy and then put it up on like that's true yeah but I'm sure somebody will figure it out so this thing should come oh, out yeah. now so that we have high probably quality also, HD rips of movies that come out on the day that the movie comes out it's probably also there to make sure that you keep doing it like once you've invested in the box you're not going to not do yeah. it like if you buy one on Amazon and go well that was a waste of money and time yeah 50 I mean 50 dollars Christ that's a lot of money that's a lot of money for like a for like a guys in our current situation yeah but yeah, like I have a friend who has two kids, and he's always like, "Oh my god, going to the movies is a chore because you got to coordinate everybody's right, schedules. Right, you got to right. get in the car, you got to get them there, you got to get up to go to the bathroom and miss some of the movie. It's a totally different gotta, beast. I mean, every every everything is a factor. Well, yeah. well hell, I mean, even if you in- include concessions prices, I mean, if if you buy like a, a bag of popcorn and a pop uh, and your movie ticket, you just spent twenty dollars. You might as well go to dinner. Yeah. Uh, so this is this even works for like two people because uh, it's just okay. Plug it in, grab the I just have Mickey sneak purse. stuff in her purse. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, not me and my person. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. See, I think I if if this took off, I would probably be very... I'd be terrified. I would be looking into the way of like, all right, now I got to buy an insane 4K projector and a huge screen and set it up in my basement with stadium seating. Like, that's what I would do because... <sighs> Then I wouldn't have to have people I don't care about at the movie theater. You know what I'm going to do with all that money is go to like Europe or something, <laughs> see the world, and then come home and pay ten dollars and go see a film. How about this? I'm going to use my VR to pay ten dollars to go see Europe, and then I'm going to go watch <laughs> badass movies in my movie theater. All right, Here's- we'll see whose eulogy is more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Here's for the eulogy. That's man. what it's about. <laughs> I mean, it's isn't it? Game, isn't guys. it though? <laughs> Here's why I hesitate about this for my own personal, you know, uh, the way I live my life. <laughs> <laughs> One mile at a time. Okay, there's two kinds of movies that come out in theaters. There's two kinds of movies that that I go see in the theater. There's movies I want to see in the theater and the movies I don't want to see in the theater. (laughs) The movies I want to see in the theater, I go opening night because I need that big, giant... I I need to see it on that screen. Movies I don't want to see in theaters, but you guys force me to go see in (laughs) theaters. I just paid a dick. But really, the ones that that I have to go see, those ones I I pay the 50 bucks. Come on, guys. Let's just sit on the couch. Why are we going to see this? Why are we seeing God's Egypt in the fucking theater? Let's just... Pay for it. That I could see. So, 
I, no, I don't. So want Tim, one. when you buy one of these, <laughs> <laughs> let's keep running gods of Egypt over and over again. <laughs> Oh man! You have forty-eight hours. You could watch it as much as you want in that forty-eight hour window. Gods of Egypt marathon, and I would. <laughs> yeah, I should probably look at this. Uh, look at this story a little bit more. At yeah, some I'll point. never do this. Are you going to title this this episode Daredevil and Technology? <laughs> I, I was just going to call it Daredevil season two, but all right. Tech Tech Wars. There'll, there'll be something in the uh... William Shatner's Tech War. <gasps> that Shatner Singularity. A, that was an awesome game. I love that computer game. Big bitchin'. Remember when William Shatner tried to make a universal language? Hmm. That was pretty funny. Yeah. I must have missed that. Yeah. Was that part know. of the Shatner singularity? Maybe. Okay. It happened at some point. Alex, do you know about this? No, I don't. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, there's, he made a, it. there's a Twitter account at CompuWarriors. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's It's probably actually, a tech support yeah. service. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm not really seeing anything on Google, Gojo. So you'll have to do some research. Compu- was it Computer Warriors? Computer Warriors. I might have I might have omitted a syllable because it was like 93 or something. I was a lad. Really Computer Warriors, years. short film action, 22 minutes. Yes, that's it. I know. Is it, does this play set look familiar? Just, maybe I'm moving of? away from the microphone audience at home. Um, No. <laughs> No, Scroll I didn't have the playset. I didn't have That's the playset. That's not set. the answer I was expecting. <laughs> um, no, wait. Okay, there is a soccer ball here that opens up into like some kind of robot artillery weapon, and the Pepsi can't. Yeah, this is it. This is absolutely it. Oh my god! Um, you know see what? if you can find uh, like a copy of the VHS okay. on like Amazon or something, and I will buy it under uh, Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. <laughs> And we can review it. <laughs> yeah. We'll get point zero zero two cents. <laughs> yes. This is probably up there for like a dollar ninety nine. In other updates, uh the language that William Shatner, the universal language he was really backing was called Esperanto. Oh. I and didn't he know filmed, that was William Shatner. Yes, and he filmed Esperanto. an entire film in Esperanto. Esperanto. Uh, interestingly enough, I'm pretty sure that was that was a vehicle in Grand Theft Auto Three. Yeah, it was. It was a shitty vehicle too. Oh, yeah. It was like if you got if you jacked an Esperanto, it's like shit. <laughs> it was a William Shatner I'll vehicle. Walk. Yeah, <laughs> it was a Shatney vehicle. That's that that comment brought to you by the Game Nerds podcast. It shat the bed. It's on Amazon, <laughs> Gojo. Eight ninety nine at Amazon Prime. Eight ninety nine. Well, hey, that's a collector's item, bro. Um. Anyway, enough about. <laughs> Computer Pay Warriors. 50 bucks and you can watch it on your big screen. <laughs> All right. I think... Uh, God. Let's talk about Daredevil. Yeah, I, mean, so I, can't, I can't imagine somebody like right now like being like, Hey, man, I just paid 50 bucks to rent 10 Cloverfield Lane. You want to come over and watch it? Like, what? Are you out of your fucking mind? Are you mind? crazy? That was a dumb idea. $50. <laughs> you know, as film nerds. Well, I mean, think of it as like a pay-per-view. Yeah. It's, I mean, a, it's, it's a pay-per-view yeah. except the movies are new, you know? Yeah. And you can it's, watch it at any time in the instead future. Instead of yeah, instead of For watching way less money. Instead of watching the the Mayweather uh Pacquiao. pastrami fight. Um <laughs> not pastrami. Uh yeah. That guy. Pacquiao. Yeah. You can watch uh you can watch Gods of Egypt. Which would you rather watch? I mean, I could buy Metal Gear Solid two for PS two for like three dollars right now. It's also how much? Like, wait, how, where did that come Fifteen years after the fact, so you know, like, there, there is diminishing returns on the price of a thing. Like, we, you could wait an infinite amount of time and pay nothing to do something, but I at think the, the same time, I, for me, the big problem here is 
I I like seeing movies in theaters, particularly yeah. big movies. I agree. Um, I mean, if it's if it's like some kind of office drama, I don't really need to see it on the big screen. But I like the big Hollywood spectacles. It's like, yeah, you you see it as much as we hate other people. You you know, seeing it in a theater full of people is part of the experience. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're kind of depriving yourself of that. For better or worse, it is part yeah. of the experience. All right, we can move on to okay. our reviewers. Let's talk about something we we may or may not like, and I think we like. Yes, yeah, so season two of Marvel's Daredevil came out on Netflix on March 18th. Um, it's 13 episodes. We will talk spoilers through episode nine after a brief explanation of our general thoughts of what we have seen. Uh, Willie and Gojo have finished the season. Nick is an episode away from finishing the season. Mm-hmm. And I am three episodes away from finishing the season. So, Nick, real quick, like five lines. What do you think of Daredevil Season 2 so far? Count them out. <clears throat> five sentences? Yes. Okay. This like, is tricky because I haven't finished it, so I don't know. You one. Know? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Sentence fragment. Consider revising. Uh, it's really, it's really good. I don't know yet if I like it better than season one as a whole. I think it does a lot, some things better, and I think it does some things the same that I want it to be better. Okay. And it's got. A lot for everybody to do. There's a lot going on. They've made better use of like the form of television. There's just a ton of subplots. There's a ton of characters interacting that didn't interact the first time around. Uh, everybody has their own stuff to do. Um, so that's cool. I just feel a lot so far like Matt is actually really lost in the shuffle. I think everybody has a lot of great character moments except Matt, which is really interesting considering he's the main character. But they, he seems like the one character that they were so busy writing everybody else that they forgot to write Matt as hmm. well. Um, John Bernthal is fucking incredible. He's <laughs> so, so, so good. And he did something that I think is very difficult, which I'll talk about later with this character. Um, but overall, it's really good. It's, uh, it's really quite good. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's next, because I still don't know. All right. Gojo. Uh, I... I thought it started really strong, and then as the story progressed, I think it branched off in too many areas, and it it got very... Maybe this is because I watched it basically in two sittings <laughs> uh, in one day. Um, <laughs> finished at like 2.30 in the morning and just like rolled off my couch and then crawled into bed. Um, but it, it tries to do a lot, and then it... Tries to do too much because a lot of the, particularly near the end, a lot of its plot threads are either, either don't get resolved or don't, or don't really get resolved satisfactorily, or are just really contrived to begin with. Okay. Um, anything with the Punisher? Well, no, I take that back. John, I, yeah, Bernthal's amazing. Uh, I have nothing negative to say about him. Um, I have nothing negative to say about any of the characters. I think some of the th- some some of what they did with the characters, I'm not thrilled with, uh, or, or could have been better. But performances are great. Um, 
I just I would have liked a little more a little more focus from it. Yes. All right, Willie. Um, it's a very it's a very good season of TV. It's um, so it's at times jarringly different than season one. And it did take me a couple episodes to kind of get in the groove of it, I felt like. I mean, I liked the first couple episodes, but it did take me a little bit to get into it. It's a very different season. It's a very different feel- feeling show to me. Um, it's more violent. Uh, we get our first Marvel Studios F-bomb, which is fun. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, the Punisher drops it at one point. I don't know. Um, of course, I don't remember that. It's a haze. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fever dream. <laughs> Did you take peyote before you began? <laughs> what does um, that have to do with it? Gojo actually doesn't have Netflix. <laughs> he, he imagined it all. He just imagined season two. Um, I, I really liked it. It does, uh, towards the end, things get a little wonky. I'm not going to lie. I don't think they've been able to quite stick the landing on any of these, these seasons stick. of shows. <laughs> I didn't comment about stick. It changed hugely over the course of that sound you made. It started <laughs> off as like, and then it became like operatic at the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, what an evolution. Um, there are... God, it's... Burnthal... I mean, I'm going to just echo this. Burnthal's... The guy steals the show. Give this motherfucker his own show. Do it. Do it. There's no There's no reason not to. And some of the stuff that happens in an episode that you guys haven't seen yet. And by that, I mean the last episode. <laughs> oh, what I just left with? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's a... You'll, you'll have more. Don't worry. Um... <laughs> It's. <laughs> I really like Elodie Young too. I don't want to yeah. disregard her. She's sure. really, yep. really, really good as Electra. I do not like. I do, do, do not like where her plot goes at all. Not even remotely. Don't. Mm. I thought it was awful. Like I actually was like, Ugh. I was. I didn't like it. Like and I, where it goes at the end, or at the end, okay. uh, <laughs> or just throughout. No, no, I like the journey with her and Matt. I like the, the cat and mouse. That's all fun. It's her relationship as it winds up with the people around her, specifically uh, Stick and the Hand and Matt and that whole... I don't okay. like how that panned out. I thought it was kind of dumb and unnecessary. Okay. Um, and I will say, because they focused so much on that in the last couple episodes, so much on the Hand and and Stick and Electra and that stuff... I feel like some of the Punisher stuff gets a little bit of the short shrift towards the end. We fast track some of the development with him right at the end there. And I went, man, but they like, I wish they would have taken their time because they did such a great job taking their time up till that point. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, boom. Okay. Yep. Punisher. So, but I, I don't want to talk shit. It's, it's really good. I honestly, it's really, really good. Watch it. It's super cool. Um, I have enjoyed it quite a bit. I do feel or started to feel towards the middle of the season that I enjoyed season one more because of the focus that season one has. Uh, I know some people are of the mind that the Marvel shows should really only be about eight episodes or maybe even ten. Um, and I didn't feel that about Daredevil season one. I did feel that about Jessica Jones. And I'm kind of getting there with Daredevil with where I'm at. But... um but I'm still enjoying it quite a bit. All the characters that they've added are fantastic. Everything that they're doing to take the previous characters to new levels or different uh, different experiences, I think, is is great as well. With I think I will agree with with Nick though. I think Matt has kind of Matt's kind of this unwavering stick uh, that is he just doesn't quite. Everything else is bouncing off of him, so it's kind of kind of hard for him to really go anywhere. Um, but 
with that, I wasn't expecting the season to be as heavy on the Punisher as it is. But I'm really okay with that because it is the first time that I've like really enjoyed a John Bernthal performance. Um, and yeah, I, I, I've still never seen the Daredevil movie. I've definitely never seen the Electra, uh, Electra movie. But the bad taste that everybody else has in their mouth from that has influenced me and my beliefs on who Electra is. And I'm glad to say that like. This season completely wiped any of that away. This is a much more accurate comic book, accurate depiction of Electra. And I, and yeah, I assumed that was that was so. But and it also made me wonder: does does Jennifer Garner try like any like weird accents as no. Electra? Okay, no. that's good. No, nope. I'm glad that crime didn't occur. No, but uh, you know, whenever they say her name, her name is ruined for me now because of uh, Mystery Science Theater guys. Yeah, or from uh, uh, Rift Tracks. Uh, Rift Tracks, yeah, because when she shows up in in the <laughs> Ben Affleck film, you didn't watch the Rift Tracks with us. No, oh, it's so good. So, uh, it must have been you then. Like there was somebody that was a there was, uh, there was a Alexander there was a Paul, first yeah. time Daredevil watcher there. Was that the first time you had seen it? I think it was. Okay. Yeah. Where's the part where she introduces herself to to Matt Murdock in the movie and she says, "I'm Electra Nachos," and they go, "Electric Nachos." <laughs> <laughs> and it's not funny. It's not really. Like, it's such a stupid line. Like that. That's like there's just such a dumb way to make fun of her name. But it's it's just emblazoned in my mind now. So anytime they say Electra, I always think Electric Nachos. <laughs> that's the perfect riff tracks joke, though. Or it is, yeah. Mr. It's like it's like yeah. a dad joke. Like it's really not funny, but you laugh because you, yep. your body just interprets it as something that you need to laugh at. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I have much else to say that hasn't already been said non-spoilery. Um, but yeah, we can probably break into spoilers. I think we will probably do a fu- maybe not like a full spoiler cast, but we'll do like a maybe a shorter bonus episode or something after Nick and I have finished. We can yeah, I want to talk the last few with you guys, or you know, and debrief a little bit, and then yeah. that'll kind of close it off, similar to what we did last time or last uh, last year. But uh, so, if you have not watched any Daredevil, if you have not watched through episode nine of Daredevil, um, don't do listen. Not, do not listen past this point, um, and we'll see you next time. So we'll be right back in spoiler Terry. Here we are in spoiler Terry for Daredevil season two. Oh, I thought we... you were recording that the whole time. Uh, well, oh. I kind of was, but not completely. That's okay. I'm gonna repeat myself. I'm really glad they call him Daredevil. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know who else gets name dropped? Like who finally gets like called what he is in the comics? Wilson Fisk. It's called yes. the Kingpin, and it kind of refers to himself as the Kingpin once in this show, which is awesome. He does. Yeah. Uh, is it after he, episode nine? No, it's no. at the end. It's, at the, he, it's when he's says, sitting at um, what's his face Dutton's. When he's having a meal bed. and watching he's, a man die, watching him die as he's oh. eating a steak, and mm-hmm. he's like, "There can only be one, one kingpin. kingpin." Okay, yeah. Because I remember Dutton being like, "I'm the king." Are you not? He says something I'm the about kingpin a kingpin. now. Yeah, I'm the kingpin now, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Also, the Punisher. Barkhad yeah, Abdi's performance perfect. as Dutton is beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Fucking William Forsyth. Oh, my God. <laughs> I saw him at a horror convention once. I won't get into that. <laughs> He's wearing really short shorts. I, I think his ball was hanging out. I don't know. Was but, I there? Uh, yes, you were. Yeah, I was. Um, so, uh, Wilson Fisk is incredible. Like, 
I didn't realize how much I missed Anafrio. I realized how much I missed Ben Urich. I'll throw that right out there. Ugh, he is yeah. very Still not missed. Over it. And I really I like the way they've had the other what is the other guy's name that worked Ellis. with Ben? I like him a lot. I like that they've had him or step Ellison. Something like that, yeah. I like that they've had him step up into some of that role. It seems it, like him and Karen are going to be that force. Are going to be Ben, yeah. basically. So it is what it is, but I do miss Ben. Like they're going to be like Firestorm, where they're just going to like join together <laughs> to form Ben Urich. <laughs> a Jeez. superhero of news. A beautiful Ben Urich. <laughs> Ellison, yeah. Ellison, yeah. Older I actually white really like him. And younger white woman form Ben, ben Urich. <laughs> I, I really do like that guy. He's he's grown on me. I did not season one. I was like, he's a no. He was dick. he was. I mean, he was kind of a dick in yeah. season one. But that's because he's got to be the boss in right. season one. Yeah, Yurik's he's the just, editor. Plus, you're just throwing out too much news. That the death of Ben kind of clearly has an effect on him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, especially when he's dealing with. Yeah, it was only uh, the only thing that was beneficial about Ben's death was that beneficial. We got, we got to see. <laughs> Uh, was that we got to see that Ellison was not on the take. As they were taking people away, yeah. Yeah. we expected to see him go. And when he didn't, we were like, oh, he was good the whole time. He's just yeah. a hard-nosed editor. Yeah. Um, Ball-busting yeah. editor. Yeah, yeah. But How far have you gotten in Karen's subplot? Karen or? just got Ben's office. <laughs> okay, good. And she noticed a folder on there that had a note. Was it about her? It, it was. It was. was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does that get touched on anymore in the last episode? I don't think it does. No. Oh, no, man. I think- man, have they been stringing out the Karen Page breadcrumbs yes. since the first well, season? She is going to be the villain in season three. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just, okay, let's just say, I don't know, who here knows Born Again? I know you do, Nick. Anybody else know Born Again? I won't give any Born Again sto- spoilers because I'm... Ha- That's when you get renewed in the Christian church, right? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much 100% sure that Daredevil season three is going to be Born Again. They're, they're, they're laying out all the things for that. Or or Defenders might be a version of Born Again. I hope it's Daredevil Season 3. but And that, and that will fall after Defenders, right? Yeah, that's okay. what I'm hoping. Um, but Karen Karen's background is something that's very important to Born Again. Mm-hmm. So it'll, it will happen at some point. That's, so Karen's so that, got wasn't, a, that, that, fo- that wasn't referring to anything we've previously... Not that we know. No. No. Was, well, I mean, she's, she's mentioned a couple times. When she, when she shot Wesley in Season 1, he mentioned something about, like... You know, like you don't have it in you, kind of thing. And she said, "I, you know, something about like alluding to having shot somebody before." And mm. there, there were moments in season one where where she kind of hints that there's she's she's seen some shit or she's done okay. some shit. Yeah. And then there's moments in season two where where yeah, you haven't less seen one so. of them yet. Um, I was I was right kind on of, the horizon though. When when she opened up that folder and had that reaction about it, I was kind of misremembering um, what how. Uh, ben, uh, Ben. Where, why, and when are the ones you're missing? <laughs> <laughs> I was misremembering how she and Murdoch, Nelson and Murdoch, met up in the met, first season because right. I, I didn't rewatch. Karen, it, it's though. really interesting because Karen has a lot of real classic, like film noir leading woman tropes mm-hmm. that that I think the audience still isn't really picking up on that that, or isn't. There's nothing there to pick up on yet, but I think that there's this there's this thing about her that's kind of surrounding her and it's really interesting because she's painted very much as like this pretty innocent naive character stacked against all the men that are in the show but she is very much you know she's got Straight. a lot more going on yep. under the surface than and we've uh, i'm i'm very curious to see how it unfolds how close it is to the comics and i well i i paused and read the newspaper article that was right on Did top you? of her okay on top <laughs> of her page because i'm like well may as well 
Uh, and it talks about a teen mysteriously dying in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, was it Frank Page or something? Or Kevin Page. It was Kevin Page. Well, she mentioned her brother, yeah, too. Yeah, she was mentioning her season. brother earlier in the season. And she never, like, he actually asks, Matt asks, asks her at one point, point blank, what happened to your, so so you never talk about your brother or something like that. She yeah. never answers him. And then, according to this newspaper article, he died in a mysterious mm. car accident. There's some shit. So, yeah. Okay. Karen let's, Page. Let's move off of can the Can we watch Fisk real quick? Yeah. Fisk, I did not realize how much I was going to... I missed D'Onofrio, and then he shows up, and I went, oh, God, D'Onofrio, you majestic, beautiful fucking creature, you. <laughs> the look bald at, head look rises at, above. Look him. at you. Look at you. <laughs> and um, that episode where he and Frank have their interactions... And the opening, yeah. like, I want to say I love the kind of... The cold open to the show gets you from the end of season one to present day on, yeah. on in, Wilson Fisk. And within a few minutes, you know exactly what he's been through since he's been in prison. It's perfect. Yeah. It's such wonderfully just expedient storytelling so we can get back on track. Yeah. They don't linger on this flashback for 20 minutes and at the beginning. It's perfect. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of the Incredible Hulk intro, actually. Like, just yeah. get to the, you know, cut to the chase. Oh, man, was that ever good? Um, but his interactions with Frank and where that leads, I there was, there. I think my favorite moment in this entire season is is... All the Frank and, and Fisk stuff in prison. I think it's my favorite stuff. Uh, now, episode nine, that's that's Frank gets nine, out at the end, correct? Nine ends with, yeah. with uh, Frank I just want to leaving. remind myself. I will say I did not like that. It's, I don't like how much power Fisk has. I can understand. I can understand him being the kingpin of the inmates. I don't like him having the prison Completely. Normally, normally, his... I would say this is it's kind of corny. How the hell would he actually make this happen? But it's a comic book show, so I forgive that a little bit, and yeah. it really does show just how fucking crafty this guy is. Like, I mean, that's his thing. He just he maybe prison maybe is not a role. setback yeah. for this man. It is an opportunity. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's that he's he's okay with where he's at. He's like I'm, maybe I'm they could have depicted it in a way that would have made sense a little but, more sense to me. Here's the but it just it it just. I don't know. It just feels. I, I think the thing was Fisk. Yeah, the thing was is that you never. They don't really show him taking control of the guards. He bribes like one guard or something to start, and then it's just oh, you suddenly have all of them. Yeah, yeah. It's they, that, they that talk was a about how he spends all of his savings, but we have no concept of how much money he really had, and like we don't know really what he was doing to attain that power. Yeah, it just sort of happens. So. Yeah, you almost had to be willing to just say, okay, he's got. Control, which I get, I understand you're. It's it's not I like a big it. complaint. I just don't. I, I didn't love it. But that that moment, there was a moment in the show where I went, "Oh shit!" And it was like, well, there are a few of those, but <laughs> the one that really got me for whatever reason was uh, Castle kills William Forsythe, and mm-hmm. he you know stabs him, which was really brutal, by the way. Oh, like yeah. the way he kills him, like because it wasn't super bloody. It was just like really weird and intimate, and I was like, Ugh. Um, but when those doors close, those doors open after he's locked in there, I was like, holy shit, are they going to fucking kill Frank right now? Because the way it's shot is almost <laughs> yeah. like a, yeah. it's almost shot in a way that's like, this is where he dies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but he can't die. He's got to have the skull it's at some point, right? Like he's got to be, you know, but that fight, oh, holy God. shit. That was the best fight of the season. It's un. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. My like ever, like not. It's well choreographed, but it's also rough around the edges, and then it's really, really, really brutal. Like, oh, really brutal. It's all shivs. <laughs> Nothing but sharpened, like, 
toilet plunger handles. A thousand yeah. stabbings. And, and, and toothbrushes. Yeah, his shift technique is really good. He beat Gerard Butler <laughs> in in the Olympus Has Fallen series. So. <laughs> um, and then the the confrontation after that where I loved seeing uh, Fisk go nuts on him there, too. Just The, the Fisk fighting technique is amazing. Just throw, throw them across the room and then pound on them like with, a gorilla. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Nothing but Hail Marys from... It's perfect. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that whole... The, the dynamic between the two, and I love the, the the end of that episode. Or not the end, but the last bit between them where he's like, next time we see each other, one of us is dead. Like, I liked that because I was almost like, man, Fra- I don't think Frank would do this. I don't think he'd bite on this. No. But but then I was like, you know what? This He's not he's not that Frank yet. He's not. He he's hasn't also, hit that He's point. also smart. He knows this is his only oh, opportunity yeah. to continue the Good mission. Good for the mission. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. absolutely. So anyway, yeah. So Fisk is amazing. And I, he was a... I, I was had happy no idea he was back. in it. I didn't either. No. Especially after like the, the morning it came out, uh, or like later that afternoon. I had watched only a couple episodes, and Vincent D'Onofrio tweeted to everybody in the cast season two he said congratulations season two is amazing and i was like oh wow that's really nice and then when he showed up i was like son of a bitch <laughs> yeah, i knew he was gonna pop up at Fisk, least in the cameo Fisk but strikes again me. <laughs> yeah it was cool to see him again very very cool yeah. well done um i need an episode titled hand and fisk <laughs> <laughs> hand over fisk hand fisked <laughs> fisky, need, fisky business I need, four, <laughs> <laughs> I need four episodes now um the uh, now in terms of the rest of the villains of this season, not so great. I'm just gonna throw that. Yeah, there. no, there's there's no there's this is like the first one that doesn't have a strong villain. There's uh, no big bad. No, no, I mean yeah, there's. Uh, um, I don't. By season nine, have we actually officially introduced the hand yet? Not I. Uh, no, no, no. I think it's in episode eleven. Ends with. Okay. Well, ninjas ends with the crazy like hand. You have moments. seen ninjas so far, yes. right? I've seen some ninjas, but they kept calling them yakuza, and then somebody's like, "Yakuza, I'm not doing any work for the yakuza." Right. It and, doesn't really um, spoil it to the hand. To, yeah, yeah, it doesn't I, I, spoil I, too much to mention that it's the hand, but um, it might spoil things to tell you that they're really not that strong of an enemy, uh, particularly when compared to Kilgrave and Kingpin. Yeah, um, they're very well. They're they're so faceless. I think yeah. is a big part well, of it. It's, and the the motivation at no point does the motivation really become clear uh it's you find out what their like After, what their goal right. is but you when you find out what the goal is that's not even a specific thing yeah. so it's it's uh, it's very foggy yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so yeah it, and then and then yeah it's that so the driving storyline isn't particularly strong so the the series does just kind of hinge on the the little subplots uh which are good most of them are good and then i think it all kind of fades out towards the i end think most me. of the characters are so strong that it doesn't really yeah it's it feels like very much of a character building uh season yeah but... which yeah it's yeah it's it's kind of it, the the further comparisons to Iron Man two kind of continue here that it's it's less about telling its own story as it is continuing the meta story mm. of all this and uh, I don't know that that really worked for me. Yeah, um, I mean I I liked it. I I don't really have many complaints. Yeah, it's just that the bar the bar is so high, you know. Okay. Um, yeah. 
Nick, you let out a gasp of air. <laughs> he just wants to watch the finale. That's... <laughs> yeah, we got to wrap this shit up. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just I'm I'm disappointed still with with Matt and with Daredevil. Yeah, I want, you, I want you to talk about that a little bit. I love Matt Murdock. Like I I love Daredevil. I would consider Daredevil and near my upper favorite comic book characters, but Matt Murdock even higher so because he's so fascinating and there's so much. I mean. People always say, like, oh, Peter Parker has so much to deal with. And, yeah, it's true, he does. But Matt has so much more to deal with than Peter. And uh, in the comics, when he gets... Like, you get emotional when you're reading certain books or certain movies. But I, when, when in the comics, when his identity got outed, I was, and I was reading this whole, like, run when, when literally the public knows it's printed on newspapers, Matt Murdock is Daredevil. And the whole city is, like, up in arms about it. It was so intense, and as I was reading it, it was so well-written, and it was so emotional. And then Spider-Man shows up to just go, hey, man, I got your back. Like, I've been there, and it's so good and so amazing <laughs> to think, like, these two characters can relate on that level. And that's neither here nor there, but there's the storytelling potential with Matt Murdock is so incredible. And he just, they get one aspect right, that he has shit coming at him from every angle, and he usually just absorbs it and just internalizes it and is like, okay. But it hasn't it hasn't exploded out of him yet. And I want, I've been waiting this entire time and I still have grant. I haven't seen the finale. So I don't know, but I, I have not yet seen that daredevil. That's just like fucking mad and just breaks people's arms and legs and does not care. I mean, he's almost that way more in like season one early on where he's throwing people off roofs and shit. Yeah. And I ate it up. I was like, yes, give me cause he's an angry guy mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to kill people, but he will hospitalize them and make sure they never walk again. And I love that. And in season one, he just feels kind of, kind of soft like i haven't seen any really the the punisher fight scene in this season in the in the prison <clears throat> was so satisfying to me because it was it was great punisher action as there should be but i, I didn't feel like i really got a daredevil fight like that yet and the yeah. one at the end of episode three is like it's fancy and it's really cool it's not as good as the one in, in season one though yeah it, but i do like that they took that weird i still don't know what it is that weird technique from like uh the world's end you remember the fight scene in the bathroom in the, in the yeah. world's end that was one of the coolest fight scenes ever <laughs> and it's in it's simon Pegg and nick frost beating dudes up with like toilet seats yeah but it looked like that and it had that great energy to it and this one was kind of neat but it called too much attention to what it was doing. And in season one, it felt like you were just watching the fight like unfold. And this yeah. one, we were like, look what we're doing. We're <laughs> passing the camera down the stairs. And it was just too, like, it was too much. And, and it was that hard. That chain, though. It was hard. Oh. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. It was hard. Well, the coolest part of the whole fight was the beginning when he pulled the trigger to show that he had no rounds and he just grinned. And then it was like, yeah. come at me. Yeah. Like, that was the coolest part. It was all downhill after that. But that, that's what I mean. Like, he, I, like, I liked early on in the season that he seemed like he was kind of having fun being Daredevil. And. <clears throat> I kind of want more of that, but I want more of that. I just want more emotion, I guess is what I'm saying. Because he's, he's such a character that is, for part of what's so interesting about Matt is just his, it's always these two sides of a coin for him. He's a lawyer, he's a vigilante. He's blind, but he can see more than anybody. He's a ninja, he's supposed to be reserved and collected and disciplined, and yet he's just emotion, raging out of he's control. He's a Catholic who dresses like a yeah. devil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's nothing but but contradiction all over the place. And I want to see that emotion like spilling out of him. I want to see that white hot anger. And then I want to see him him having fun. Like I want the shots of him swinging on the water towers with his rope that we see in the comics all the time where he's like he's he's just having a great time being this guy and that's part of his cathar- Okay, thanks guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that happens next episode. Cool, thank you. No. Uh, but like there's those moments like part of what's so fun about reading his books is there are so many times where he just has to retreat from everything and he 
goes into his costume and he goes and does it, whether it's just, you know, monologuing to himself on the roofs, just getting some fresh air or beating the shit out of dudes until they can't like breathe. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like we're getting into that. He's just rushing from plot to plot to plot to plot to plot. And, you know, there's heavy shit is happening. His best friend is like is pissed at him all the time and is like, dude, I'm going to divorce you. Karen is pissed at him all the time. He's dealing with uh, with his struggles with vigilantism, which is really good. I think the best episodes of the season are uh, three and four. His relationship with Frank is my yeah. favorite thing, bar none. It's absolutely phenomenal. And uh, whenever Frank calls him rat, I'm just like, oh, man, that's so good. These guys are the best. <laughs> they just love each other. They the just need to hug it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, he just he, There's so much. The, the, the weight is just bearing down on him, and yet he just doesn't seem to react even privately like we as the viewers should be treated to those moments of breakdown where he just like flips his table in his house and shit and like freaks out and maybe goes too far while he's beating up guys and just beats a guy until he can't breathe and he has to take him to the hospital and then like sit in horror like oh my god what am i becoming like there's so much plot we have no time to focus on our main character it's kind of a lot like iron man too but tony stark is nowhere near cool characters matt murdoch but (laughs) it's uh just so much going on there's no time to focus on what makes him him and who he's becoming and where he's coming from. And uh, the other thing that really minor, but still this is one of my biggest complaints about season one is he still doesn't feel dominant yet. He, I still have yet to see him walk into a room of like 50 guys and leave them all hanging from the rafters. Like I want, I want to see that like daredevil. Who's like, he was the greatest protege stick ever had and nobody can touch him. And he's getting, he's kind of getting, there's a moment that, that in one of the later episodes I just saw that gives a serious shove in that direction. And I was like, oh, thank God, finally. Like, something to show this level of dominance over, like, a clan of ninjas who have no heartbeat. Like, that's yeah. that's scary. <laughs> show me the man Murdoch who goes, okay, I got it. And and I think maybe we're getting there. And I'm hoping that we're just building towards the guy. Because I understand there will be no tension if if you know that he can walk into a room and dismantle a series of yeah. guys. but. But I'm totally in favor of that because I want his struggles to be with his with his people, with his personal life. I want him to be untouchable on the on the mat fighting guys, but I want his struggles and his his issues to be with his interpersonal relationships. I want to say I'm disappointed with his total eschewing of being a lawyer in the latter half of the season. He just totally drops the Frank uh, <laughs> trial and. I wish there was more that made me feel like he was actually trying to deal with everything instead of just waylaying that. I think, I think that I'm okay with that because I think I like what the show has done with foggy where it's kind of gone out of its way to show that foggy is probably actually the better lawyer. And that Matt knows that. And he thinks like, he's fine. The trial will be fine in his hands. And I think that it's interesting because we, even we as the viewer associate it with like Matt is the lead. And Foggy is like his desk jockey who kind of helps him up and boosts him up. But I like that they're kind of reversing that. And Foggy also, it's not really a spoiler, but he starts to realize he, I don't think you're quite there yet, but maybe you are, where he starts to realize like he can do this. And Foggy realizes he's not just the the partner. He is also a lawyer and he's a man unto himself and he doesn't need Matt. Yeah. And I love that. And I love what they're doing with Karen. I like how they're putting her a little bit more into the reporter role. And they're saying like, she doesn't need Matt either. She doesn't need Foggy either. Like she is her own so excuse me those two are much more satisfying characters i just feel like that because you get to a point in the trial where he he just like foggy tells him you know don't bother coming tomorrow at one point that that was so kind of telegraphed i felt like like i wanted to see matt fail a little bit more to get me to get me to that point 
Like it, it just feels like at one point he's like, you know what? I'm not a lawyer anymore right now. I'm just going to be the vigilante. It's, and I wanted yeah. to see that balance struggle more. It's strange because that the trial he really. He really showed up like once, I think. Yeah, and you don't get the you don't get the sense that Matt's trying to balance these two parts of his exactly. life. Exactly. He 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 looks at the one part and he says, "Okay, I don't need to focus on that." And then so it it kind of it kind of makes his struggle a little less so. And I think yeah, that was the series maybe turning focus away from Matt when it probably shouldn't have. And it's probably a symptom of doing a little too much because I think that's also where they're tying, trying to demonstrate that Electra has that pull on him. And yeah, I think there's three, three factors to consider. One is that um, Foggy gives him that out. Foggy says, don't come tomorrow. I don't need you. And so Matt goes, cool, an excuse. It, it, I don't need to be there. Foggy said I don't. Because the next morning, Foggy's like, I didn't mean it. Like yeah. I thought he would <laughs> yeah. be here. And in Matt's mind, like, think about, you know, your your one of your good buddies could be like having a huge party and be like, you're supposed to go, but you don't, you just kind of don't feel that good. And if they say, oh, it's cool, and they let you off the hook, you're gonna stay in when you should go, and you know you should, but you're kind of like, eh, like it's kind of this. I felt like it was kind of the same thing. Plus, Electra, like you said, that is that is Electra's whole thing is that no matter how much she tries to kill Matt or pisses Matt off or hurts him or damages the things in his life. He he! It's that allure, it's yeah. that draw, and she always will find a way to to sucker him back in. Plus, he is dealing with his one of his big personal failures in his mind that he did not drive the Yakuza out of the city like he thought he did. He thought, "Here's a mistake I made. I have to fix it." Punisher's on the stand. He can wait. Like we can do it. And uh, I don't think he plus the the whole thing with Fisk. I mean, no one saw that coming. So I think he uh, is probably kind of kicking himself now, being like, "Oh shit." It, and I think those are all interesting elements. I just it it feels like they didn't as deftly combine them as they should have. Well, and it kind of comes to a head too, and I think Matt will start to realize like he is trying to do that balancing act, and in his mind he was probably doing a fine job, but now he sees like that was not the case, and okay. he was committing too much time to to the one other thing. <laughs> Plus, I mean, he's. A big part of the season feels like it's him struggling between being Matt Murdock and being Daredevil. There's a point where he's going to have to choose, it seems like. And the notion of, you know, preparing for a court case or, you know, romping around a rich guy's, you know, party and sneaking in and stealing shit with your hot ex-girlfriend, who's also a ninja, sounds like a little bit more fun. <laughs> and Daredevil's, you know, that's one of his, another facet of his personality is he's very, like, swashbuckling and wants to have a good time. And, uh, you know, that sounds like a pretty good time. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's yeah, well, you mentioned how... Electra has kind of this negative influence on him, and it's really it's interesting to see that play out. How he makes uh, probably a lot of poor decisions by his by the people he cares about, by the people who have always been there for him, and then Electra just pops in. And she's like, "Hey," and he's like, "Get out! Uh, wait, don't get out!" <laughs> yeah, that here. first scene with and, them was great, where he yeah. was like, "Get lost!" Yeah. <laughs> it was really. It's awesome. like that's that's the that's the grown up Matt talking, and then the more she sticks around, the more he turns into. Uh, you know, slobbering ex-boyfriend, and uh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and it's it's interesting to see his life suffer from that from from her, and their their relationship continues to grow, but um, it kind of you and th- his other relationships suffer for it, but I don't, I mean, in the end, I feel like there wasn't really a great payoff there. Like we mm-hmm. don't get, um, well, no, I won't go too far ahead, but um. But yeah, their relate their relationship together is is interesting. But I I guess I wish everyone else. Well, I don't. I was gonna say I wish everyone else maybe tied into their t- 
to their drama, but then that probably would have just been another thing thrown right on top. So um, muddied the waters even more because the waters do get muddy, for, yeah. I think. Um, Willie. Easter eggs. Yeah. You. Just right. in time for Easter. Right? <laughs> this is so nice. Um, let's do some characters that are in from the comics. Okay. Uh, Wilson Fisk's lawyer, whose name I don't remember, he is a villain in the Luke Cage comic books. Mm-hmm. The uh, the black dude with that the cool, awesome. the yeah. bitch in suit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was uh, Keith David for a hot. It kind of looked like him for a second. Sonic yeah. was the voice. I was like, is that yeah. Keith David? Yeah, that really deep. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Kitchen Irish <laughs> is actually a. It's the name of a, an arc in mm-hmm. Garth Ennis's uh, Punisher run, and the character I. I once again, I forget his name. The the character, kind of the lead of the Irish guys, the one who gets his face blown off. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the comic, he is an Irish mobster with his face blown off. So uh, he's could, still alive. Could he come back? Maybe. Probably not, though. It's probably just a reference to the fact that he has his face blown off. Um, oh, yeah. So we get um, D.A. Samantha Reyes back. And you might remember her from Jessica Jones. She was on there in the finale of Jessica Jones. Was she? Yeah, the evil bitchy DA. She was on Jessica Jones as well. Um, of course, we get Claire Temple back again. She seems to be our Coulson. Actually, her and Mahoney, Officer Brent Mahoney, those two have popped up in both shows so far. Mm-hmm. And um, so we see them again here. There's another one I'm not going to talk about because you haven't seen it yet, and I don't think you've seen it yet. There's somebody, somebody that'll pop up here. Um... We get lots of references Rocky. to Born Again um, on this one. And once again, I won't get too far into it, but they're there. Lots of references to Born Again. Uh, Melvin Potter. Yeah. Love Melvin. Boy, Melvin Potter. Melvin Potter is actually wearing like a prototype gladiator costume yeah. underneath his shirt, which uh-huh. is fucking awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. what that was. Okay. And he immediately picks up a razor blade as soon as he like, he's like, danger? What? <laughs> Not my Betsy. Um, <laughs> Melvin is so great. I love him. <laughs> is it just, he seems so much more intelligent this season. It's going to be know? so hard to watch him have a heel turn because he's well. Great. He does and he doesn't because there's a there's a, I don't, there's an amazing point in the comics when Gladiator becomes full face turn again and him and Matt Matt Murdock fight ninjas together and it's wonderful. <laughs> um, Melvin solo series just called Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> Disney's Marvel's Mel- Melvin. Disney's Melvin. <laughs> Disney's Marvel's Netflix's Marvel's Disney's Melvin. Daredevil's Melvin. Disney's. Disney's um, child. The nun that we see in St. Agnes at the St. Agnes Church in Matt's weird dream sequence, that will be important at some point for sure. People who have read the comic, that, that nun is important. Um, gosh, I don't want to miss anything here. There's a reference to... How do I skirt around this? There's a reference in the finale... That will get fans of the Punisher very excited. Um, Does he wear a skull shirt? <laughs> I'm kidding. He gets the skull at some point, Alex. But yeah. Um, but Alex, do you remember? What I'm, do you remember what I'm talking about? Um, not specifically. No, not okay. specifically. No. Okay, we'll talk about it. Um, of course, gosh, I don't know the Punisher that well, so I mean, it could be. Oh my God! You have to borrow the. Punisher Garth Ennis's Punisher Max. Punisher Max. It is the coolest. It's insanity. <laughs> it's so much fun to read. We do get a couple references to Jessica Jones and the events of. Mm-hmm. They, they actually say the name Jessica Jones at one point, mm. um, and we hear Claire talking about the stronger guy that she helped out, who yes. would of course be Luke Cage. Um, the Dogs of Hell, the biker club. This is not their first MCU appearance. Oh really? Agents of Shield was the first appearance of the Dogs of Hell. Oh. Huh. 
Yeah, they they're like the, the same logo and everything. So they're tying this to Agents of Shield, which is something that I didn't expect because that show's kind of been its own thing so far. Yeah. So for the most part, I mean, they're technically same universe. It so, is, yeah, you know. that's true. Um, we get a lot of skull stuff, obviously, leading up to you know we've, his uh, his X-ray is awesome. The X-ray is sweet. Yeah, they should just yep. sell that. It's super cool. I would buy one. Um, anybody else got anything? I, oh, I know uh, Max the dog is actually it, from the original uh, Punisher Warzone comics from the 80s. Mm-hmm. So he has a pet dog named Max the dog. Every time they say... Uh, Lizzie. Lizzie. Max the dog. <laughs> she heard dog and she yeah. got excited. She's like, oh, that's my favorite character. She gets really frustrated. I like Max the dog's redemption story. That's what she just said. Every time they say war zone, I want somebody to turn and wink at the camera. They do drop that a few more times yeah. than necessary, yeah. but it's kind of fun. Um, um, anybody else notice anything that that I, I? There's plenty of stuff in there, but I don't know. Any other at thing one I point, talk Punisher's about. on the screen. He is. Yep. Stick. Stick, Stick is show. there. Stick is there. Yep. The uh, the only other thing I wanted to talk about that I thought was so remarkable. Uh, so like if if Gojo, for example, reads or I think Willie has read some uh, like Punisher Max. Mm-hmm. The Punisher's not really much of a character. He's it's more like reading a comic book about like a hurricane and just watching <laughs> it just dismantle just monsters. He has yeah, and, very little dialogue in those books. Yep, very and little. he has a few. He has some amazing lines where. They they really define him really well, but he's not you know you wouldn't do a character study on him necessarily, but he he's so much fun to read anyway just because he's he's just got that 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 it the it factor I guess. Well, the Punisher Max is interesting too because he's older. He's an older he's Frank a, Castle. He's a little, a little older, and it's not in the six one six universe. Right. There's no superheroes. They can go. Yeah, so they he can, can just, go a lot. Further. He's yeah. It's, it's yeah. way more bloody. But anyway. The thing about the Punisher is like he doesn't always get an opportunity to be a really good character, but Bernthal injects him with so much humanity that it's shocking. Yeah. And the scene in the graveyard when he thinks he's presumably dying and he's talking to Matt, I mean, that was amazing. Yep. That was one batch, two batch, right? The episode? Yep. Yeah. That was the best episode of the season. It yeah. was yeah. phenomenal. And watching him and Matt fight together for that little bit was really satisfying. Everything and Matt about... keeps stopping him from killing people. Oh, yeah, yeah that was, that There's was a lot awesome. of great baton work. I love the baton bouncing <laughs> off shit, coming back to his hand. Doesn't make any sense. Don't care. It's awesome. <laughs> nope. And uh, I love that, Frank, there's no fancy. I, was, I wanted really fancy over-the-top kills and like tortures, but I love how he just, he'll get a gun and just shoot someone in the head and keep walking. Like, they're dead. Okay. Moving that's, on. There's no celebration. That's no, the way he would all. be. Like, I mean, now yeah. if, if he was in a yeah, if he was in a situation where he had, you know, he didn't have any guns and he had a bunch of you know blades, he'd oh he'd have fun with it. But but <laughs> right. uh, But he's he's got to move on. Like, there's more guys to kill. Exactly. Get it yeah, done. It's so it's, it's like so fast efficient. food. You're, he's, he's like, I got to get something in my stomach and I got to move the fuck on because yeah, I got stuff. to it's do. It's really yeah. good. Um, but that that scene in the graveyard that was absolutely absolutely phenomenal. I was watching, going, man, this is some heavy shit, and this is. Creating a character that, that I didn't think was going to happen. I thought I knew we were going to get the Punisher and that he was going to be really cool, but I didn't think they'd be able to add this whole new layer. It was almost like how the film version of uh, Doctor Manhattan was better than the comic version, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And they added this little sliver of something in there that was just just phenomenal. It's almost a nice mixture of the the NS Punisher and like the traditional, you know, like Circle of Fire Punisher. Um, or Circle Blood Punisher. Yeah, and he He's, doesn't. The only two people in the whole series who he opens up to are Matt and Karen, and it's yeah. really interesting because all the other characters in the series are like 
he's a psycho. He's a psychopath. Yeah. He's a madman. He's a murderer. And we as the viewer are like, no. Uh. And then these these two characters, Matt less so. He's a little more like what he's done is wrong. But he knows he's a, he's a human being. And he knows he's, why he's doing what he's doing. And uh, so does Karen. So it's, uh, it's really fun to watch him be very particular about he doesn't have to open up and he doesn't care. Yeah. Well, I feel really like matter. with I feel like with the Punisher, most of his character arc happens well before you're ever introduced to him. Um like with his with, just with his with his family getting killed. Uh that's that's like where it uh, where it, it like starts and ends. It's like cuz he just snaps and now he's just he's just kill everyone. Um so so most of what you're used to from the Punisher is just seeing seeing him after Everything has happened in his life. Um, now you, but with, but they, they give us the, that great scene of just, your Bernthal kind of takes you back like before that. And he's, he's looking back on his life and you get to see just a glimpse of him before, before all the shit happened. And it's, it's really great. And uh, it, ta- yeah, it takes somebody who could just be just kind of like a eighties action hero and, and, uh, and just transforms him into from a, just a violent monster into just somebody you can totally relate to. And I mean, it's like if, yeah, if I were in his shoes, I can't say I would be any different, you know? Um, it's, oh God, it was really good. It's really, it's really sad too. I, I get the vibe from Bernthal. And it's, I swear it's like he's doing it on purpose cause he's, he's that good. But, um, where every time he is opening up to Matt or especially to Karen, who, by the way, I think, there's something about yeah. her reminding him of his wife because yeah, the she, they, they family, look similar. Yeah. 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 <coughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, what the hell was I saying? Oh, yeah. There's something he's doing there where every time he's opening up, he's – well, first of all, he's very hesitant to open up. And then once he does open up, you see that relief. And then once he's done opening up, you see that like, like that he just said goodbye to that part of himself. Like every time he opens up, he's saying goodbye to a little bit more of that part of himself where – Gradually throughout the show, he's less human as this show goes on, and and it. Yeah, there's a scene you haven't gotten to yet that is so <laughs> awesome, but when it ends, you're like, oh, that's a full bummer, man. Yeah, like it's uh, it's it's quite special because he's and it's a classic Punisher, you know, element though where you you root you start to root for him and you root with him and you're like, yeah, go get him, Frank, and then he does something so awful, you're like, oh man, like, damn it, Frank, I don't know, I have to <laughs> Frank, go back, no. I have to reevaluate. <laughs> And then he'll and then he'll slowly start to win you over again. Like I mean, reading the reading the books, you'll just be like, "Oh my god!" He'll dump like, a dude in a piranha tank. And how can how can I? Oh, dude, so much worse. Like it just awful, awful, awful things. And you you read it and just go, "Ew!" And then he reminds you, like every time you think there's a glimmer of hope, he just shoots it in the head. <laughs> and, they, and they and they just if it's or lucky, drill presses. It. If your yeah, if your glimmer of hope is lucky, it gets shot in the head. Uh, but they do a great job throughout the season two of of uh, kind of spreading out like you said his backstory and who he is is established early on but you get you get little a little bit more every time like when the colonel goes on the stand and he talks about that whole story about yeah. not only what a hero he is but what a killing machine he is clancy brown mm-hmm. and then uh, fuck yeah clancy brown <laughs> yeah voice of dr cortex also <laughs> generic, wow. generic generic army man in uh in the flash, in the flash as well yeah. although he's the evil army that's man. true um and he also um what was the other scene about Frank that was so good? Well, you find out about how not only was he uh, or his family killed, but then he was like left for dead. And you see yeah. the X-ray and you see that, he, okay, he was shot in the head and he somehow survived that and came back to life. And had, like a Frankenstein monster only has one purpose. Uh, there was something else. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Oh. <laughs> Actually, remember in the comics when Frank died and then came back to Frankenstein? Frankenstein's yeah, Frank Frank yeah. castle. castle. It's so dumb. That's a real thing. Yep. 
Uh, I love it. There was something else that Gojo reminded me of, but I forgot. But anyway, it's not basically what I'm. The whole to distill it all the way down to what I was saying that Punisher is way more complex than he needed to be, and he benefits greatly from that. He's so much more entertaining than, let's say, the Joker in the Dark Knight, where that's the way. That's what I thought they were going to do with the Punisher was he was just going to be this like force that was going to move Matt along, and instead they made him a character, and they keep making him a character throughout the series, like long after they could stop. And it's totally the way to go. It's awesome. It's excellent. I had a bunch of texts from John as he was watching it. Oh, good. Uh, did not think they'd show Punisher shoot that Irish dude in the face. Fucking awesome. <laughs> it was real good. Uh-huh. Bernthal is so fucking good as the Punisher, they couldn't have picked someone better. That fucking monologue was intense, as we spoke about in mm-hmm. episode four. Uh, I want to know where Murdoch finds the suits that offer him so much mobility. Whenever I'm in a suit, I feel like I'm wrapped in duct tape. He can hop railings and climb scaffolding. And I said, yeah, it might just be that he's much more limber man than we are. <laughs> And then John said, the DA is a massive cunt. I apologize. <laughs> and then uh, the intro to episode eight is straight up tits. So, What was the uh, intro? And the intro to episode eight is... is uh, oh, the Punisher re- or the Kingpin recap? No, it opens, no, it opens on Matt telling Elektra when the flashlight hits the bottom of the pit. And then the, ninja f- the first ninja fight mm. ensues. Oh, okay. The oh. first real ninja fight That was episode ensues. eight? Yeah. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I, yeah. <laughs> that was middle. Yeah. yeah. Ninja <laughs> fight. But all right. Baller. I think uh any other thought oh, Clancy Brown's drop the mic moment about basically revealing that he was revealing yeah. that yeah. he was the idiot and like cause, it's so cause good. The, the yeah. DA is like, How do we know that you're telling the truth? Because uh you weren't there and then he's like, Well, I was because I was the idiot. Boom. Fuck off, so bitch. Yeah, you should really should have read this guy's yeah. story before yeah. you yeah. cross the you, you should have looked into who this guy was. You know? Way to prepare for the trial. But no, that was good. I like I like the courtroom stuff. Yeah. I, it, it's always, mm-hmm. it's an entertaining, like, comic book courtroom is somehow, it's like me watching Friday Night Lights or something like read that. Read some She-Hulk, man. Yeah? You need to read some She-Hulk. Okay. It gets good. <laughs> Star Fox gets sued for, for uh, mind raping people. people. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Wait. Awesome. Star Fox? Brother of Nintendo Thanos? Star Fox? No, no, no. Oh, okay. All Marvel's right. Star Fox. Marvel's Star Fox. Disney's Marvel's okay. Star Fox. Eros. <laughs> yeah. Whew, okay. All right. Um, I think that's about it. We'll finish up the season here at some point. Yeah, we? we'll, we'll talk again briefly at some point and, and give our thoughts on the season as a whole with completely unbridled uh, spoiler talk. But in the meantime, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can write to us. Let us know what you think of the show, the things that we talk about. We're at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. MidwestFilmNerds.com has all previous 170 plus bonus episodes with full show notes and timestamps so you can skip over the things that you don't want to hear. Uh, Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com is where you can shop on Amazon and have part of the money that you spend come to us so we can make our show and network even better. And store.midwestpodcastnetwork.com has your Midwest film nerds and game nerds hoodies, t-shirts, and drink cozies, as well as the donate button for the network. Next week, Batman v Superman. Yeah! Dawn of Justice? Dawn of Justice. Justice will begin later this week. We're going to bring that justice. Rise of Justice. Yes, we are. Um, But yeah, other than that, I think that's it. Kyle XY, go watch a movie.